Welcome back to the Rectify Setting the Record Straight. I am your host, Kiana Sanchez, aka Kio, and I'm back with you with another episode today. Today's episode title will be The Gospel and Misconceptions of the Truth. The reason why I want to talk about these things in this episode today is because we as believers, I know that many of us have a misconception not only of what the gospel is, but many other things in the, the Word of God we have either had it taught to us misconstrued or only taught merely by human understanding. And I understand that some people may have had a leading by the Holy Spirit at first, and then they may have went off track a little while after, but this is something I want to get into details and, you know, just really talk about this whole thing in general in this episode. So let's get into today's episode. let's get into this episode because this is something I have been wanting to talk about for a while now and I know I've mentioned it a few times in some of my recent episodes but this is something that has really been plaguing what we call Christianity for believers and we have to really come out of religion like I'm genuinely tired of seeing us in religion because religion is what's holding us back from actually receiving the truth and walking in the truth And I have been going through this place, you know, I have been going through this place of literally tearing myself down of everything I thought I knew to be true and building myself back up in what is true. And I've been truly deconstructing a lot of things because most of the things that I have learned through Christianity has been honestly a lie. And before anyone gets offended by what I'm saying, truly listen to what I'm telling you because I always encourage people to always go back and read their Bibles and pray about everything and just truly get an understanding from the Lord because I know there's going to be people who fight me about this and say things like oh well you know this is how you know that you're a believer and follower of Christ you have to be a Christian no you don't have to be a Christian in order to follow Christ because one we have to understand that the name Christian came from the Antioch people calling the disciples and the apostles this because they were like okay we need a name to distinguish these people and because they were so caught up in religion for so long of course they needed to distinguish themselves by names and i'm not talking about the believers themselves i'm talking about the people of antioch because that's when the name has first been brought up and given to the believers and i know people are going to be like well there's four other verses that talk about it and I know they're going to try and bring up the discussion between Paul and the king. Um, I can't remember his name at the moment, but when it does come to mind, I will mention it. But uh, they try to talk about Paul and this king and they try to say, well, the king, when he was talking to Paul and Paul was telling him about the word of God and the gospel, he was like, oh, well, you almost convinced me to be a king. I mean, you almost convinced me to be a Christian, not a king, sorry, but a Christian. And. People have to understand it's not what they think it to be. It's not about a means of being, you know, a Christian. Because if Christ wanted us to be a Christian, he would have came preaching, you know, for us to be a Christian. So I can honestly see how people took that name and run with it. And of course, we see where it's mentioned also two two other times outside of the book of Acts and Peter's writing. And also, I believe it's um Paul's writing 
where he was like, well, if you want to be a, a Christian, you do this and that. And basically, I believe the reason why Paul and Peter said these things was because they knew that some people were still going to take on a religious title. But he said, if you're going to do that, then do it in this manner. Do it in the right manner. And the thing is, people have to understand, Christ didn't come to bring us a religion. He never did. God never intended for us to have a religion. All that is man-made. These are things that came from man. And this is why I always preach on uh, Colossians chapter 2 as much as I do, because that has really helped me a lot. And not only that, it's many other um, evidence in the Bible that shows us that, you know, God came to restore man to their rightful position and what Adam forfeited. And I know I mentioned Dr. Miles Monroe's a lot, but he is truly a very profound biblical teacher. He doesn't teach things in the light of religion. He teaches things in the light of kingdom. He teaches things in the light of Christ, of course, by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And how I know it to be true is because if it, you know, if it wasn't from God, I'm pretty sure when I prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to help me understand the kingdom of God better, he would have never pointed me in the direction of Dr. Miles Monroe video. But everything that I have been learning, I'm telling you, it has really made me go back into scripture, read over these things for myself and see the truth for myself. Like I cannot see things the way that I used to. And I know I've said this a few times in my recent episodes too, but it's so true. I can't look at things the way that I used to because for one, I will mention this one thing before I get into talking about the gospel. But this is one of the many misconceptions we have is that Christ has done away with the law. And then people will have to double back and be like, well, he didn't do away with the law. He fulfilled it. But I'm like, well, what law did he do away with? And then all they can say is, oh, ceremonial laws. And I'm like, okay, that's true. He did away with ritual laws. But what law did he come to fulfill? And many people will say, oh, well, you don't have to live by the Ten Commandments anymore. It's not that you don't have to live by them. The thing is, Jesus being the word of God, if you read in the story of... um. If you read in the book of John in the first chapter, you'll see how it basically breaks that down into a way that's very understanding, which actually I'm going to turn to right now in my Bible so I can kind of better explain what I'm getting at. But we know Christ to be the word of God and we know that he is truth and that Christ came with truth and grace. And as I've been learning about these things, I understand now that the truth is this. The truth is the purpose and intent of the law and the grace of God is the God-given ability to man to fulfill and manage all the things that he has intended us to through the law. So it's not that we're living under the law as the old people did in the sense of having to do uh, ceremonial rituals continually, but it's that we're now living according to it just as Adam had to before you know, he fell in sin. So let me go to John chapter one. And one thing about studying my Bible recently, it's like, I love it even more because now that I'm getting a better understanding, it's like, I want to know more than what I know now so that I can apply these things into my, not only everyday life, but to my understanding. So like the word of God says, with all that I get and get wisdom and understanding. And when you get wisdom and understanding, like 
I understand that many of us have also a misconception of wisdom. Like, we look at wisdom as being better than the next person. Like, oh, I I understand this more than you do. But no, wisdom is saying, okay, I have an understanding and a knowledge of something. And I apply these things to my life. That's what wisdom is. is having a knowing and understanding of something and applying it to your life. That way you can have an effective function in your life. And the more that I've been studying on this, it's been really opening my eyes to what Christ intended for man to do and why he taught what he taught and why he did what he what he did. But let's get into John chapter one. I'm going to read from verse one down to verse 18. And it reads, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So before I continue reading into verses 6 on down, I want to kind of break down those first five verses. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we know that Christ is the word. Now, what is the word? The word is not only the law, but the spoken word of God. So we know that Jesus is the law and he is the spoken word of God. (laughs) And I know to some people, this is going to be like, well, how is that even so? Well, let me explain it this way. We know that the words of God was to keep man in ordinance. So in order to have order, there had to be some type of boundary set. And that boundary was the law. So if Christ is the standard, he is the law. So that's why he tells us to abide in him. If we abide in him, then we'll continue to flourish. But if we don't abide in him, then we'll wither away. And as we continue, it says, and the word was with God. We know that the law, the word, Christ, he was with God since the beginning. He was with God in the beginning, you know, till God created everything until even now. And then it says, and the word was God. We know that Christ is God. We know that Jesus is the son of God. And that's not something we have to, you know, go over continuously. But if I need to, I will. But he says he was in the beginning with God. So we know that this was in the beginning with God. The standard, the word itself was in the beginning with God, the law of God. Because because Christ is divine, we understand that he is the divine standard. And this is the standard which all men should live by. But before I get into talking into that a bit more, let me continue to break down the scriptures. And he says, all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Now, I know when people hear this, they're like, oh, well, you know, everything. Yes, everything in this world, all the good things, obviously. But every good thing in the world was made by Christ and through Christ. And nothing that is made was made without him. And I want to mention something that Dr. Miles Monroe mentioned before I continue, because I feel like this will kind of help people have an insight. Because people will say things like, well, how did evil come about? Well, this is how evil came about. Because God is a good God, we have to understand when a manufacturer creates something to function a certain way he intends for it to function that way and that's the purpose and intent he gave it but if something operates outside of its laws 
is now operating in dysfunction. In other words, it's not doing what it was standardized to do. It's not doing what it has been basically, um, how can I put it in terms? But it wasn't uh, doing what it was created to do. So when it starts to work in dysfunction and it's no longer working in the correct um, correct function that it's supposed to be working in, then therefore it's in disorder. And that's how sin comes about. Sin is missing the mark. So when you miss the mark, in other words, you're no longer walking in the ordinance that God intended you to function. So when we come out of the, the order that God intended us to walk in, then we're walking in dysfunction. Because get this, say if you're a person who's nice and if you're continuously nice to people, of course, you know, people will like you. They'll like you more. But if you allow something to knock you off course, whatever it may be, if you allow it to knock you off course from being nice and you start being rude and mean and nasty because other things around you aren't functioning the proper way, then you begin to work in dis, you know, in discord and dis and dysfunction. Because you're not allowing yourself to work according to the laws that you have been basically uh, designed to work according to. And the thing is, Christ is the law that we are supposed to be working and functioning according to. That's why it says all things were made through him. And without him was nothing or was not anything made that was made. So we know that Christ, he's basically the the standard. He's the main type, the prototype that we're supposed to be living by. But because we're not functioning according to the law of him, we're now living in dis, you know, function. And then it goes on and it says, in him was life and that life was the light of men. Now, what is this life and what is this light? Well, I'll first say this, that the light of men is the knowledge of God, the knowledge of who he is and the knowledge of the truth. And the life is this, the truth of God's word. It's his order. It's his law. It's the divine order and law of God. So in other words, it says in him was the life, which is the law and order of God. And it says the law and order of God was the knowledge of men. So if we have the the law and order of God, we have knowledge. And it says the light shines in the darkness. Now we have to understand the difference between light and darkness. Light is knowledge. Darkness is ignorance. So when we talk about the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness, just as Jesus has mentioned, and then, you know, also the disciples have mentioned we have to understand that light is the knowledge that comes from God and darkness is ignorance. And I know Jesus mentioned, you know, a dark light and a bright light, the bright light, which is the pure light with no, you know, dysfunction in it. That's the light that comes from God is truth is knowledge that comes from God. But he said, when he said, be careful that the light that is in you is not darkness, he's saying, be careful that the understanding and knowledge you have isn't knowledge of ignorance. Because that's why when he talked about the ignorance of men, the, the reason why he said the wisdom of man is foolishness to God is because, for one, <laughs> the wisdom that is in man who don't know and understand the knowledge and wisdom of God, it comes from a demonic place. 
if you read in the book of James in chapter three, you'll see what I'm talking about, where he talks about godly wisdom and demonic wisdom. He said, actually, let me go to it real quick. He says in the book of James about this knowledge, he says, um, who is wise and understanding among you? This is in uh, chapter three, verse 13 through 18. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but it is earthly and unspiritual and demonic. He says, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vow practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, and impartial and sincere. I mean, and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And there's other places where you can read where it talks about the knowledge of God, like First Corinthians chapter two, for example, and also First Corinthians chapter four, and I believe First Corinthians chapter eight. But I could talk to you about that another time. But yeah, when Jesus talked about the light, he was saying the knowledge of God shined in the darkness. In other words, the the knowledge of God came and sh um, shined itself in ignorance of men. And it says the ignorance of men did not overcome it. Because why? It's the, begin it's the first thing. And I like how Dr. Miles Monroe broke it down about principles. He said principle means first law. In other words, the principle... In ordinance and law of God is divine is the the standard and that if anything if any other law or any other order that tries to come about it has to come from the government and you know the ordinance of God because if it doesn't it's ignorance so anything that we call knowledge and it doesn't stem from the things of God it's ignorance it's earthly it's sensual and it's demonic that's what the word of God says so anything that we try to imply in our lives that's out of order, which is sin, then it's ignorance. It's darkness. It doesn't come from God. The thing is, when the true knowledge of God enters into you, it will penetrate the ignorance in you and it will bring understanding and knowledge where there wasn't knowledge. If you notice in Hosea 4 and 6, we say this all the time, but do we really understand what we're saying? He says that we have perished for the lack of knowledge. People perish because they don't know the truth. And that's not just how that scripture goes. It, it's more to it. And I, I notice a major thing in Christianity is we just stop at, you know, what sounds good. But it says here in Hosea 4 and 6, it says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because they have rejected the truth. He said, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, you hear what he says. He says, since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. So this is what the Lord was saying through the prophet Hosea to his people, because they didn't want to know or acknowledge God for who he was. They didn't want to acknowledge the truth. And because of it, they, they basically set themselves up to be cursed. 
And that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to remember his law. He wants us to know this law. That's why he said he's going to write the law on the table of our hearts and on our minds. It's because he wants us to have it so embedded in us that we become children of righteousness because we're in right alignment. When he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, when he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and everything shall be added unto you. He's not talking about you getting your wants and, and the things you are seeking in this earth. Now, it's, it's nothing wrong with having things, but the purpose is this. He's saying, seek the government of me. Seek my government and my ordinance and my statutes, everything about me. Seek it. And he said, and my righteousness. In other words, to have right standing with him, to have right alignment with his law. Seek to do these things. And he said, everything that you have in need will be added into you. Because once you get an understanding of the kingdom of God, nothing can hinder you in this world. The systems, in other words, the government functionings in this world, which are of the kingdom of darkness, cannot hinder you. Because when you seek and tap into the kingdom of light, which comes from God, which is of God, you begin to see things. Why do you think it says in Psalms 119 verse 105 that the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path in other words this word is going to lead you and guide you wherever you go if you know and understand it and you apply it to your life and that's where i'm trying to get i'm trying to get a knowledge and understanding of the truth so i can live by it and i love that scripture so much i always repeat it every single time but it's in jeremiah chapter 9 and i believe it's verses um 23 and 24 and those verses blessed me a while back i i think that was back in 2020 or 2021 but i made a poster of it and i put it and hung it up in my room and i when i showed my mom it she was like girl you don't know how much that blessed me <laughs> but this is what it says it says thus says the lord let not the wise man boast in his wisdom let not the mighty man boast in his might let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, the Lord, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. He literally gave us the answer right there. He says, the person who knows and understands him and who practices not only loving kindness, but justice or judgment and righteousness in the earth. Now, what is judgment? I know many of us have this misconception of judgment and we imply that judgment means to condemn somebody. But no, that's not what judgment is. Judgment is to really have discernment. Judgment has everything with discerning what is right and what is wrong and doing what is right when god tells us to practice judgment you can go back to matthew chapter 7 where jesus talks about judgment and understand what he's trying to imply because all we do is read the verse where it says judge not lest you be judged by the same judgment in other words he's saying don't do something to somebody and expect it not to be done to you. Because remember when Jesus taught what we call the golden rule. He's like, do to others what you would have them do to you. So, what Jesus was implying here. Let me go to it. 
he's saying, oh, yeah, there it is. It actually follows in chapter seven, the golden rule, what we call the golden rule. But he says, judge not that you not be judged. So in other words, in that point, he's saying, don't hold somebody to a standard that you yourself aren't holding yourself to. So if you're trying to condemn somebody for something and yet you yourself aren't holding yourself to that same standard, then he said, don't judge them because you're going to be judged by that same standard you're judging them by. And then he goes on and says, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your eye. You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your eye and then clearly you'll be able to see and take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Now, when you hear that verse, I, I love verse six because I had such a misconception of this and I for a long time thought that this had everything to do with, you know, something personal about me. But understand this, when Jesus was talking about this, remember when he told us, he said, make sure that the light inside of your eyes, in other words, in your understanding, isn't a light of darkness. In other words, a light of ignorance, but make sure the light that is in you is good. It's a, you know, a light that comes from God. Now, when Jesus was talking about the log in your eye, in other words, he said, make sure you ain't ignorant to what you're trying to hold somebody else to. So that when you do try to help them, you can at least give them an understanding on how to deal with that. And it's not just merely going up to people saying, hey, you're doing this wrong. Let me help you. No, it's seeing for one, if somebody has a misconception or a misunderstanding of something, you'll be able to help them. And instead of judging them and telling them they're going to hell because of it, you'll be able to explain it to them like, hey, this isn't the way that you do it. This is how you do it, blah, 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 etc." And then when he says, do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. In other words, if you remember in Proverbs, he said, don't correct a fool. Because if you correct a person that's a fool, they're going to get mad with you. He said, don't correct a scoffer. Because if you correct a scoffer, they're going to get mad at you. And, and you know, they're going to have a few words to say to you or even attack you. So in other words, if somebody's skeptical about something and they're not taking the time to actually know the truth for themselves and they don't really have the intent of wanting to know, then don't try to force that understanding on them. Because if you notice, Jesus never forced understanding on anyone. Whenever he talked about the truth, he told the people who wanted to know. He didn't tell the um, Pharisees. He told it in parables because he knew that they weren't ready to receive this truth. He, they weren't. So when you go down a few more in that chapter to verses 12 through 14, he says, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. You hear that? He said, this is the law and the prophets. And remember what Jesus told us. He said, the two greatest commandments to fulfill the law and the prophets is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, spirit, body, soul, <laughs> and um, to love your neighbors as you love yourself. And he says, enter by the narrow gate. For this gate 
I mean, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. In other words, he's saying there's many people out here. They're just taking the easy route. They're just doing whatever their hearts desire. That's the easy route. It's doing whatever you feel fit to do. Because most of the time we do things in our heart, hearts ignorantly. And it doesn't come from God. And we're just doing whatever. And he said broad is the way that leads to destruction. Everybody's doing it. But the person who really sets aside their own feelings and their own delights and they delight themselves in the Lord, the Lord will give them pure desires in their heart to do his will, to follow and abide by his law. That's what the will of God does. And many of us have this misconception of the truth that, oh, you just have to be a good person. Oh, you just have to believe on the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ in order to be saved. But no, that's not it. Because this is the gospel. Jesus himself said what the gospel was. He said, since the days of John the Baptist, he said, it's been preached. He said, from Moses until John, the law and the prophets have been preached. He said, but from John until now, he said, this is what's been preached. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that's all that's being preached. Because Christ wants us to first change our way of thinking, get an understanding of the truth, the knowledge of the truth, get an understanding and knowing of who he is, and to know the government and ordinance of God. Because the kingdom of heaven is a, a, a country, an unforeseen country in the spiritual realm, and it's where God and his kingdom is. And that's the government we are to operate from. But to continue in John chapter 1, it says in verse 6, he says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, <laughs> which give light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He says he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. He's literally telling us we were an abandoned kingdom that he came to restore back to his kingdom because we chose to go about a means of, of being apart from all that God had given us. And we wanted to take on a, a role that he never intended us to. We were in mismanagement. We were in disobedience. And we had separated ourselves from the kingdom of heaven. We were living outside of the gates. When, when God wants us to live in the gates. And why do you think Christ had to suffer outside of the gate? It's because he had to save those who were outside of it. In other words, ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Those of us who are outside of the will of God, he had to suffer out there so that we could all be returned back to him. Those who are willing to receive the salvation of the Lord. That's why Christ had to die on the cross for the remissions of our sins. That was a means to the gospel. The good news is that he's come so that we could have 
a changed mind to know the truth, know who he is, and to acknowledge the kingdom and to return unto it. And all that he did through his death, burial, and resurrection, that was a means to the gospel. To prove not only who he was, but to prove that the kingdom we are supposed to live in is only the kingdom of God and not this kingdom of darkness. And that's why John had to be a witness. Because if you remember, John was filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. This was his purpose and plan and intent. Because God had filled him with it since he was in the womb. But continuing, it says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them what? The right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You see that? This book is talking about a restoration to the kingdom of God. This word is full of the law of God and the grace of God. Because see, when we separate grace from truth, we're basically telling ourselves, well, long as I got grace, I know God going to forgive me even if I sin. No, that's not what God wants. God wants us to have grace and truth together because you can't have grace without truth and you can't have truth without grace. Many people had the truth, but they didn't have grace. I know many of people know that or think that grace is just an unmerited favor. But grace is the God-given ability to fulfill the will of God. Many people didn't have that. Very few people throughout the Old Testament had it. But they didn't have it entirely because they still had to live according to ritual laws. And Christ fulfilled that in one thing, through his death. So don't think that his, his death, burial, and resurrection was of unimportance. But the most important thing was this. He wants us to know that we don't have to continuously go through ritual laws. We can just simply live according to the divine, God, the divine law of God by being obedient to his word. Remember what it says in 2 Samuel chapter 15. Ooh, let me go there. Because I've heard this scripture so many times. But after getting the understanding of what I have now about this word, I can no longer look at it the same. But I believe it's 1 Samuel's. Am I mistaken? My mistake. But it's 1 Samuel's chapter 25. I believe, or 22, 22, no, that's actually 2 Samuel's, my bad, <laughs> but 2 Samuel's chapter 15, where it talks about obedience is better than a sacrifice, I know many of us have heard that, but when you read that chapter entire, when you read that verse entirely, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. You guys, <laughs> I'm really messing myself up over here. It was in First Samuel chapter 15. My bad, my bad. But it's in um, First Samuel chapter 15 verses 22 
and 23. And it says, and Samuel said, this was when Saul was rejected by God. And Samuel said this, he said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? In other words, he was saying, is it better to burn offerings and sacrifice than to just obey God's voice? And he said, behold, to obey is better than a sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. He said, for rebellion is as the sin of divination. In other words, witchcraft and presumptuous or presumption, presumptuousness, presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. In other words, rebellion is as idolatry, not rebellion. My bad. <laughs> but, um, oh my goodness. He said, rebellion is as witchcraft and this is why I need my other Bible. But he says presumption or not being obedient is as iniquity and idolatry. He said, because you have rejected the word of the Lord. You hear what he said? Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected you from being king. Now understand this. If you go and read that chapter You'll see where Samuel came to um, Saul and told him, hey, this is what the Lord wants you to do. Do this. He says, get rid of everything. Leave nothing. But Saul was like, nah, I'm going to keep some of this stuff and I'm going to give it as an offering to the Lord. The Lord was like, just simply do what I ask you. And that's what a lot of people failed to do in the Old Testament. They weren't willing to just do what the Lord said. They rather do what they thought was right than to do what God said. And that's what many of us as believers struggle with today. We rather do what we want to do rather than what God says. And it's like we try to find a means of doing our own thing to try and please God when God is saying, just simply do what I ask you. <laughs> but as we continue in First John, not First John, in John chapter 1, he says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after man ranks before man, I mean before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus. <laughs> no one has ever seen God, the only God, who is the Father's side. I mean, who is at the Father's side? He has known, He has made Him known. But I just want to encourage people to read the Word of God for themselves. Because if you notice, when John, not John, when Paul was talking to the people of Galatia, he said, who bewitched you? He said, who convinced you to believe in another Christ and another gospel? Because I'm pretty sure they were probably being taught the same thing that many churches are going by now today. And they have a misconception of the truth. And my biggest like thing lately has been to deconstruct anything 
that's not the truth of God. Because just like Paul was saying, he said, be careful when you build on another man's foundation. Because many of y'all building off of the name of Christ. But it's not this. It's not going to be a, a standard and sturdy structure because it's not built on the truth and things of God. And even myself, I want to make sure the things that I share and that I give out to people is built on the truth and standard of God and not just merely an opinion. Because at the end of the day, our opinion doesn't matter. Because if our opinion doesn't align with the truth, it doesn't matter. Our opinion are simply just our thoughts and things that we wish and hope to be true, but it's not the truth. And today, many people are living according to their opinions, their ignorance, and not according to the knowledge and truth of God. He said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and that is the beginning of knowledge and understanding. And what is the fear of the Lord? A high regards and respect to him. Because when we say that Christ is Lord and Savior, that he's king, we have to have high regards for him. Because we know who he is. So therefore, we ought to live in a manner towards him as he is. How can we say he's our king and yet we don't even know how the kingdom is or how the uh, the kingdom operates? How can we say that he is Lord and yet we don't allow him to be owner, you know, to have ownership over us? How can we say he's our savior, but we won't allow what he's done to save us from our own way of thinking, our own, you know, leading to destruction? We have to really examine ourselves daily. That's why I like what it says in uh, James chapter one, where he says, the word of God is like a mirror. And if you look into this mirror and you examine yourself and then you walk away from it and forget what you look like, that's a problem. But if you look in this mirror and you examine and see who you are and you walk away or you remember how you look. And who you are, that's a good thing. So I just want to encourage people to go back and read and study for themselves. Make sure that you really have the truth for yourself. Don't just go about things religiously because that's not what Christ came. He came to restore his kingdom in the earth. Christianity has taught us that, oh, you know, we're dying and going to heaven. No, Christ said he, he's going to create a new earth and new heavens the purpose of earth being here is so that god could extend his kingdom to another territory and that territory just happens to be earth and he wants his children the sons of god those who are led by the spirit of god to have rulership in the earth to have management he's given us a position as kings and priests in the earth that's what he originally gave adam the authority to do but because Adam's, you know, sinned, he wasn't able to fulfill what God intended him to do. Because Adam wasn't the standard. Christ is. So that's why Christ said, take on, he said, take my yoke and learn from me. Bind yourself to him. He said, because his burden is light. Well, his yoke, well, his burden is light and his yoke is easy. We have to truly learn all that we know from Christ because the things that he gives us isn't supposed to be burdensome. It's not. 
Because if we're doing it with him, he's literally given us the grace. In other words, the ability to do these things. We have to truly think within our hearts, are we as sincere about the things of God as we claim to be? Because many of us have an idea of what we think God is. And we we basically are compromising our faith. We're being complacent in our faith. With little things here and there, making excuses for why we do things, but aren't really, but we aren't really willing to change. And I'm just tired of being this person who makes excuses for their sin. Live as though Christ has forgiven you of it. Be sanctified. Sanctification isn't a means of still doing whatever. Sanctification is accepting the process of God and being stripped away of every dross that we have. Like he said, he's a consuming fire. And if we can truly step into him, he can strip us of everything that makes us impure. Remember, Christ said he's coming for a church. In other words, a government that is without spot and blemish in the earth. A people who will do and have the will of God in their hearts and minds continually. Who don't want to do anything wrong because they know it would be going against their king. One thing that kept echoing in my mind yesterday was what Jesus said. He said, you'll be judged by every idle thing that you speak. And I know it's not just everything that we speak, but also the things that we do. He said, you'll be judged by those things. So we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing that's like honestly meaningless? What are we saying that is like, Meaningless and ignorant. This is why I want to know the word of God to keep myself in order. And so that I can also teach it to my children and share it with those who also need an understanding of it. Remember what Jesus said to the people, the multitudes, the disciples and the Pharisees and them. I'm sorry, I got cut off my recording, but I just highly like. I highly encourage people to read the word of God for themselves. Like truly go over everything where Jesus had a confrontation with the Pharisees and scribes. Because many of us who call ourselves Christians, we are unknowingly, and some knowingly, are Pharisees and scribes. And we have crept in and led people astray because of our misunderstanding of the word of God. Remember, Jesus said, flesh and blood don't reveal this truth to you. It is the Holy Spirit who reveals it to us. So anything that you get and it is true, it comes from God. Anything that is good, peaceable, and filled with wisdom comes from God. Anything else apart from that, you got to really ask yourself, is this my own understanding or does it come from God? But we have to really come out of this place of misconception of the truth. We really do. Like, I just want people to know the truth and understand the truth for themselves so that they can come into that place and desire and hunger for God. Remember, he says, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they will they will be filled. So if you truly desire to know the truth of God's word, he will make it plain to you. He will make it known to you. And many of us have created these 
these doctrines and teachings and things that never came from God. And we just got it off of a basis of religion and programs that we've, you know, contributed to unknowingly for years. So come out of religion and step into kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added into you. Everything that you have lack of, he will add it to you. But on that note, this is the Rectified Southern Record Street. I am your host, Kiana Sanchez. I look forward to the next episode for next week. And I pray that you all be blessed, that you study to show yourself approved unto God, not man, but unto God, that you are a ready worker, ready to be thoroughly equipped with every good deed. So truly get into your word, truly pray about these things and truly allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. All right, you guys be blessed.